Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Our opening music is the Himno de Rapa Nui, the anthem of Easter Island. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 652 for release on Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. On the program today, Easter Island, the almost lost air flight. Early years with American shortwave stations 1922 and 1923. And we begin this edition of WaveScan with some late news regarding the situation in Afghanistan. Our correspondent in India, Joseph Jacob, forwards an item from Iran International TV entitled Volant Media UK Launches Afghanistan International TV. And it says, On Sunday, the day the Taliban captured Afghanistan's capital, Kabul, Volant Media UK, the parent company of Iran International TV, launched Afghanistan International TV, or AITV. AITV aspires to serve as a 24-7 international news network to provide reliable information for audiences and protect media freedom in the country. With Afghanistan undergoing a chaotic transition after the U.S. military withdrawal, AITV aspires to be a voice for the voiceless, to tell the story of the people of Afghanistan, as Harun Najafizada, AITV's director, tells Iran International TV. He revealed concerning reports of the Taliban's tense relations with the media community and how independent journalistic activities have been severely disrupted. The situation in Afghanistan is so dire that AITV decided to launch the network prior to the planned start date, which was slated for the United Nations International Peace Day on September 21st. The hope is that this will fill a media vacuum that has developed with so many people fleeing the country and will provide a critical source of reporting and information amid rapidly shifting events on the ground. AITV, which has started with daily nine hours of live television news and programs, plans to expand to a full 24-7 schedule as soon as possible. But AITV also has a radio stream, which is already offering 24-hour news and programs. And Just Jacob sends us this recording of audio of Afghanistan International TV, which was heard in the local language on 7,600 kilohertz at 1830 UTC continuously from uh, the 16th of August, 2021. And he says it's very clear at my location in Hyderabad. No frequency is registered on the HFCC website, but it looks like it's coming from Central Asia.
مشخصات مهمترین خبرها سرگذاری و بخان در میدان هوایی کابل ادامه فروج خارجی ها توقف فرانسای تجاری و بهتر نوشتی فرانسای دوشربند اسفار هاپیمه نظامی امریکا در هوا بزنید Recording there of Afghanistan International TV, as heard in India by Jos Jacob on 7600 kHz at 1830 UTC. In terms of programming, Najafizada of AITV said they plan to rely heavily on reporting from across Afghanistan and to produce informative programs, talk shows, documentaries, and debates to engage with people inside and outside the country. AITV will be an independent and impartial channel which will report facts in keeping with standard journalistic norms, they say. As mentioned, AITV belongs to the same parent company as Iran International TV, which is seen as an opposition station to the Iranian government. The owners of Volant Media are Saudi Arabians. Back last month, we presented here in WaveScan an opening story regarding the radio scene on the well-known, though very isolated, Chilean island in the South Pacific that is identified in English as Easter Island, or in Spanish, Isla de Pascua. It was in July last year, 2020, that a very interesting event took place in association with Easter Island, an event that occurred just one year ago. This is the story from Ray Robinson. Thanks, Jeff. The Mataveri Airport on Easter Island is more than 2,000 miles from mainland South America, and it's listed as the world's most remote airport. There's just one runway at the Mataveri Airport, and it runs right across the island, from the southeast coast to the west coast. In this way, the island is divided into two sections, with the dormant volcano, Mount Rano Kau, to the south, and the rest of the island to the north. While aircraft are flying over the vast Pacific Ocean in the 2,500-mile journey from South America to Easter Island, they maintain radio contact with Santiago in Chile, with the usage of shortwave radio and satellite communication equipment. When the aircraft reaches the midpoint over the ocean between Chile and Easter Island, no other plane is permitted to fly towards Easter Island beyond that midpoint until the first plane has landed safely on the island. If the first plane were to crash land, for example, there would be no place for a second plane to land, not on the island, nor at any other safe place as a diversion. On Thursday, July the 9th, just last year, 2020, a jet passenger plane acting as an air ambulance departed the airport in Santiago, Chile, bound for Easter Island, 2,500 miles distant, to pick up a patient for the return trip to Santiago. Soon after the plane crossed over the midpoint between South America and Easter Island, they lost radio communication. The satellite communication equipment on the plane failed. They were unable to make communication by shortwave with the control tower at Santiago Airport, and it was too early for the shortwave operators to be on duty at the airport on Easter Island. They were not lost, not yet anyway, but they needed radio communication. In an endeavour to open radio communication with mainland South America, they chose the 40-metre amateur band channel 7100 kHz, and they contacted two amateur radio operators in neighbouring Peru, OA4DTU and OA4DSN. In their opening QSO, the aircraft crew explained their predicament to the two amateur radio operators in Peru. 
Their aircraft was en route from South America to Easter Island. They'd crossed over the midpoint between South America and Easter Island. They had lost all normal aviation communication with Santiago, Chile, and they needed to reopen some satisfactory radio communication with their home base. The flight crew on the lonely airplane asked the two amateur radio operators in neighbouring Peru, please make contact by telephone with the main airport in neighbouring Santiago, Chile, and explain to them our predicament. The two amateur radio operators in Peru were able to open contact by telephone with the main airport control tower in Santiago, Chile, and they maintained this unusual though necessary communication between the aircraft and its home base until the plane landed safely at the Mataveri airport on Easter Island. With the relay of information back and forth between the two amateur stations and the control tower, and between the two amateur stations and the airplane, continuous flight information was provided to ensure a safe arrival for the plane at Easter Island. These QSO exchanges were maintained over a period of three hours, until the plane made a safe and routine landing at 11.30pm during a rainstorm. The stricken patient was loaded onto the plane, the plane turned around, and it made a routine and this time uneventful return flight back to Santiago, Chile. And all that happened just one year ago. Back to you, Jeff. Well, Ray, back in the year 1922, there were just two shortwave broadcasting stations on the air in the United States. And Ray Robinson tells us that these two stations were operated by Westinghouse, and they were located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, Jeff. The shortwave station 8XS was installed in a wooden shack alongside medium-wave KDKA on the flat roof of the eight-story building K at the Westinghouse factory in East Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This one-kilowatt shortwave transmitter was inaugurated in August 1922 with a slave program relay from the well-known medium-wave station KDKA. During the following month, September 1922, the small medium-wave and shortwave station KDPM and 8XG was inaugurated in an attic above the second floor of the Westinghouse foundry in Cleveland, Ohio, with an off-air program relay from shortwave 8XS or KDKA, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Cleveland station was installed simply as an experimental facility in an endeavour to ascertain the usefulness of a program relay by shortwave. During the next year, 1923, there were just three shortwave broadcasting stations on the air in the United States, all operated by Westinghouse, though their experimental medium-wave and shortwave facility, KDPM and 8XG in Cleveland, was closed during the month of January. The program relay on shortwave from KDKA 8XS in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to KDPM 8XG in Cleveland, Ohio was declared successful despite two major shortcomings, the vagaries of shortwave propagation and atmospheric static. A similar shortwave relay service from KDKA 8XS in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to KFKX 9XW in Hastings, Nebraska was not implemented until November 1923. Thus, the only continuous radio programming on shortwave throughout the whole year 1923 was from KDKA 8XS in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles.
In recent weeks, we've been telling you about the annual meeting of the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters, NASB, scheduled to take place September 9th and 10th at WEWN in Alabama. That meeting had originally been planned for May of 2020, but had to be postponed because of the COVID pandemic. It was rescheduled for May of 2021, but again had to be postponed due to the continuing pandemic. Well, now we have the sad news that WEWN has been forced to postpone the meeting once again due to a surge of the Delta variant of COVID in Alabama. The meeting will take place at some point in the future after the COVID situation becomes more under control. We can suggest that you keep an eye on the NASB website, www.shortwave.org, for updates on the annual meeting. Now an item from Harald Kuhl in Germany via Jerry Berg. He says, uh, some of you may know Wolf Harant of Radio Austria International. He was the host of the DX program Shortwave Panorama for many years and founder of the QSL collection, later called DocuFunk. Well, we regretfully announce that unforgettable curator Wolf Harant, OE1WHC, founder of the DocuFunk Radio Communications Archive, passed away on Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021, after a short and serious illness. Wolf Harant was an Austrian children's book author, translator, and journalist who also worked as a radio actor in his childhood. The most famous role he played on the Austrian radio was Wolfero in Our Radio Family. Then he began to work at the Jungbrunnen Publishing House, where he not only became a lecturer, but ultimately also managing director. In addition, he was active in the ORF, Austrian Radio, from the 1970s and in the broadcaster Radio Austria International. Wolf was also very involved as a radio amateur and achieved great successes in this area. This demanded a lot from him, but also gave him a lot of joy. From all these fields of activity, Wolf gathered friends who now mourn him. Three years ago, I had the opportunity to talk with Wolf Harant at the European DX Council Conference in Vienna, Austria. Wolf Harant, we haven't seen you for many years, but uh, we've seen you at, at, at many conferences before. Um, you, you, you just said there was an EDXC. You did the EDXC conference here, right? Uh, we did an EDXC conference. I don't know. 15 or 20 years ago it was the greatest of all time it was really the greatest of all time with yeah. 300 participants and yeah. great show so well edxc has changed so has shortwave <laughs> <laughs> okay and we also remember you from the austrian shortwave panorama yeah. uh and then and you say as you say times have changed and there's no more well, there is a little shortwave here still in our uh you couldn't run an external service without at least a couple of minutes a day calling yourself Radio Austria International. Otherwise, how can you rent time if you not exist at all? <laughs> and so there, there's, what, a, a little German program once a day? Uh, just a relay, just a relay of the home service. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, uh, but they still uh, do frequency planning, I noticed, because they were at the HSCC conference. Yes, yes, we're doing, yeah. a, we're doing a great job. As long mm -hmm. as the facilities are not completely breaking down, <laughs> we will carry on. Uh -huh. Now, you were involved in many other activities also involving radio, I know, still. Uh, still is a good, still is, is, is a good one, yes. Um, 
I've been, uh, I'm the curator of the, uh, the historical archives. It's such a long, such a long name. Uh, I saw the name in German, but I can't pronounce it. Oh, nobody can pronounce it. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Dokumentationsarchiv zur Erforschung der Geschichte des Funkwesens und der elektronischen Medien. Also, we, we, just, we, just, we just call it Radio, Radio Communications Archive. Okay, that's um, better. I started, I started this, or, or, or rather, I was started. <laughs> this about 30 years ago. Uh, it's, uh, today, it's really one of the, the biggest, the most important archives of its kind. It's the only one that deals with amateur radio and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, we uh, concentrate on, of course, Austria, uh, but also on the international shortwaves uh, scene. We're eight, four, we're eight full-timers now, so it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah? Uh-huh. And so what, what is in this archive? Everything. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you, would, you would find... Um, Nine million QSL cards, for instance. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Ki- I'm not kidding. Nine uh, million. Nine million. I'm very. Uh, do you? Do, do, would you like to get uh, say five or six million of them? I don't know where to place them any longer. Uh, QSL cards, uh, magazines, books, tapes, thousands and thousands of tapes and recorded uh, uh, materials. Of course, it's digitized. Wow. Uh, we have uh, 1,500, uh, we call them estates or bequests or something mm-hmm. that, we, that we keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practically everything, photographs, stills, what, whatever you have related to the history of radio. And so you're, you're looking for people to will them to you in their testaments or whatever? Um, we're not really looking any longer because we are short of space. Yes, we do, we do. Um, but people who are alive can give also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, well, they, are well, they are most they are most welcome. This is we are practically the only place uh, to keep all the memories of international shortwave radio, of home services, and very often uh, an international broadcaster closes down as a, a language service. What will they do with all their stuff? Mm. They give it to us. Uh-huh. So. Um, and so where is all of this physically located? Uh, it's located in a big factory hall in the outskirts of Vienna, 4,800 square meters of space, if you have a... Mm-hmm. Uh, and this hall is going to be broken down. We do not know where we will end up next January. Uh-huh. But that's, that's another story. Now, do people visit? Can they visit, or, or, I mean, to see all these things? Or you do you can, have them you, online, or what? No, no, you can. This is, this is simply an extra universal institution. So students come to, to, to research. People come just to visit us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but mostly, but, but mostly we prepare for scientists, for students, for, 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 for research purposes. And, okay, so where can people get more information about this? If they want more information, uh, or if they want to donate, or if they want to see... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, we, have a, we have a beautiful German uh, page, and a very ugly English one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, dokufunk.org, very easy. D-O-K-U-F-U-A-N-K, dokufunk.org. Mm-hmm. And there you will find... If, if, you, if you open the first page, you will find... A list of 200,000 voice recordings, for instance.
<laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, Wolf, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to see you again here at the uh, at the RF uh, Radio Building in Vienna after so many years. Good, good luck with all of your projects. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a nice journey <laughs> home. That was Wolf Harrent talking with us at the headquarters of ORF, Austrian Radio, Österreichische Rundfunk, in Vienna in 2018. And Wolf passed away on August 3rd of this year. This past Monday, August 16th, the HFCC, or High Frequency Coordination Conference, for the B-21 season began. There are around 100 shortwave stations and broadcasting organizations participating from around the world to coordinate their frequency usage for the B-21 season, which begins October 31st. To give you a feeling for what happens at these meetings, we have a recording of part of the opening plenary session that took place last Monday. The conference was scheduled to take place in Bulgaria, but because of the pandemic, it was held virtually. Jerry Plummer of WWCR and a member of the HFCC steering board called the meeting to order. I'd like to start off, uh, I'm Jerry Plummer, as most of you guys know, and I'm happy to welcome you to this opening plenary. Very glad to see all you guys. It's a pleasure to see. I, I know it's on a computer screen, but it's still a pleasure to see a lot of you guys. It's been pushing two years since we've been able to have a, uh, uh, a physical conference, as everybody knows. I guess KL a couple of years ago was the last one we had. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to see all you guys there. And uh, uh, I know that I've been able to talk to several of you over the last year and a half uh, in terms of collisions. but our hope is that one of these days that the COVID will allow us to travel back and forth. And uh, for now, this is, I guess, about as, as good as we can get. But thank you very much for attending today. Uh, thank you very much for staying with us and hanging in there. It's, it's always it's always good to see you. And, and so, again, I'd like to welcome everybody to the B-21 opening. I'm coming out of Nashville, and I believe we've got people from scattered 50, 60 countries at least around. After my opening that I've just about concluded, I'd like to hand the microphone or the screen over to uh, Jeff White, the chairman of the HFCC, uh, for his opening message to you guys. Again, welcome to the opening plenary of B21. I can speak on behalf of all the steering board that we're very glad that you're here and very glad to see you. Jeff, if you'd like to take it away. Thank you, Jerry. And good morning, everyone from Florida, where it's just after 9 a.m. local time. When we last met virtually for the A21 coordination, I never thought I would have to make the opening remarks for another conference virtually. But that's how it's turned out as the coronavirus continues causing havoc around the world. At least we have vaccines available now, so hopefully the situation will become under control before too long. The B21 conference, like the B20 conference, should have been in Bulgaria and it's been rescheduled for Bulgaria again for B-22. We sincerely hope we'll be able to see you all in person at that conference. The A-22 conference, unfortunately, is still up in the air. Vaccines are still being administered to many people in many countries. COVID variants are making people ill and they might necessitate new vaccines. And travel restrictions are still very much a part of our lives. The steering board has been discussing the situation and we'll make a determination before the end of September about whether we can have the A22 conference in person or not. But trying to see the positive side of things, we have a lot of anecdotal evidence 
that the pandemic has actually increased the audience of shortwave radio around the world. Many of our member stations have received comments from listeners saying that since they're spending more time at home, or even working from home, they're spending more time listening to shortwave stations. I can't tell you how many people have written to us at WRMI saying they have rediscovered shortwave during the pandemic after having stopped listening for a period of time, often years. Many people are digging out their old shortwave receivers, blowing the dust off of them, and starting to listen to international stations again. And other people are buying new receivers with more features on them that are available online these days for very reasonable prices. As we say in the U.S., the more the merrier. We're always happy to welcome more listeners to not only our own station, but to shortwave radio in general. Finally, we want to thank all the stations who've been airing the UNESCO and World Health Organization spots promoting COVID vaccination. The more people who get vaccinated and the quicker they do so, the sooner we'll be able to get together again in person. These spots are available in several languages, and some of our members have translated and recorded them in other languages spoken in their target areas. We trust that during the coming weeks, everyone will be able to carry out a reasonably efficient coordination process through bilateral means, email, and so on. Thank you all for joining us at this opening plenary session, and we hope you'll be able to take part in some of our other B21 virtual activities as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jim your opening opening comments uh i agree that uh the pandemic about the only good thing i can think about it is that uh the station that i am at wwcr is telling me that they're getting almost five times as much listener response as they have prior to this uh and, and it's the same thing uh listeners are saying that because of the pandemic and because of being stuck inside they've dug out the shortwave or bought new shortwaves and as a result, they're getting a lot more response. Uh, Jeff and I work in a uh, for-profit world, and I think I can speak for Jeff that uh, uh, sales of uh, shortwave airtime over since the pandemic have increased a pretty pretty good amount. So I, I guess if there's, I guess that's a good thing. About the only good thing I can think about the, the COVID. And that was part of the opening plenary of the HFCC B21 conference chaired by Jerry Plummer of WWCR. Music from Dubai in the United Arab Emirates ends this edition of WaveScan. This is Marhaba, which means welcome. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, what happened to the famous KDKA shortwave station at Saxonburg? We'll look at Christian radio broadcasting in the interior of Alaska and our Indian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Thailand. Stay tuned for that. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to the IRRS relay or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. 
Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadon, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White, WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>